Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. While you remain standing, we're going to read one verse of Scripture. Tonight we're continuing on with our uh, lesson series called uh, Made for More. And tonight's lesson is entitled, Take Spiritual Authority. Take Spiritual Authority. And our opening verse tonight is found in Matthew chapter number 10, verse number 1. Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Praise God. You may be seated. Take spiritual authority. You know, when we talk about the the whole story of David and Goliath, uh, we find so many uh, powerful things in this story. When you see the comparison, just looking at it from a human standpoint, just looking at it from, uh, you know, a uh, just... A, a warfare standpoint uh, and, and from people just looking at it from what, outside of what God is, was involved with, when you make the comparison, on paper, David's chances of defeating the giant were slim to none. Amen. Goliath was a nine foot six inch tall giant who was trained as a warrior from his childhood. He was the greatest warrior in the Philistine army and he was referred to as the champion. He had full body armor from head down to toe. His coat of mail, which is the the armor that covered the upper torso, uh, weighed just by itself 125 pounds. And I don't think David weighed 125 pounds at this point in his life. Amen. The shaft of Goliath's spear was two to two and a half inches in diameter, and the head of the spear alone weighed 15 pounds, which is equivalent to one of the largest bowling balls that you can, you know, throw. I think 16 pounders is one of the biggest ones I've found, you know, when you go and just grab them out for the rack. So just imagine a two and a half inch thick uh, uh, shaft with a 15 pound bowling ball at the end. And then you're going to take that and you're going to throw it, you know, a long distance and hit somebody. I'm going to go like this and go with it. Amen. But that's the power that Goliath had, the strength that he had. Goliath came out to challenge the, the, the nation of Israel's army 40 days, morning and evening, and to send their best man. They were going to try to make it easy. We don't have to have a big war and loss of life. You send your best man, now I'm going to be our best man. And nobody took him up on it not the greatest of the nation of Israel's army, not even King Saul himself, who the Bible said was head and shoulders above all the men of Israel. Now, David, on the other hand, was a young teenager. Experts say he was anywhere from 12 to 15 years old when he fought this giant. Amen. Now, he had a lot of heart and he had a lot of faith in God. And he took Goliath up on his challenge 
and he ran toward the giant without any armor to protect him. The only weapon he had was a sling and a pouch with five smooth stones he grabbed from the brook. Amen. And so the thing is, it doesn't matter what things look like on paper because God doesn't go by what looks like on paper. Amen. When it comes to God, the race is not to the swift and the battle is not to the strong, but the victory will go to the person that puts their trust in God. Amen. And the way to achieve our full potential in God is by taking spiritual authority. Now, how did David, who was much younger, much smaller, and much physically weaker than this giant, and far less experienced in battle, how did he defeat Goliath? He took spiritual authority. Amen. Praise God. He was called by God. He was doing God's business. And he had a strong faith in God, which gave him the courage to fight and defeat that giant. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 17, 15, after Goliath was so offended by this little kid, you know, they sent out, this is the best you guys have, a little kid? It's going to be a slaughter. It's going to be terrible. I mean, he said, I'm going to feed your body to the animals, little boy. I, I'm going to use you as a toothpick. And he just berated him, and he blasphemed the, the armies of God and God himself. And then the Bible said David's response is so awesome. Amen. This is coming from somebody that took spiritual authority, somebody who knew who he was in God. Amen. 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And all this, this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Oh, amen. Amen. So spiritual authority gave David the victory. Spiritual authority is what enabled an unlearned fisherman named Peter to preach powerfully and convincingly on the day of Pentecost, which resulted in 3,000 souls being added to the church in one day. Spiritual authority is what enabled a failed missionary named John Wesley to allow the fire of the Holy Spirit baptism to ignite a revival movement that swept across two continents back in the 1700s. And spiritual authority explains how what Leviticus 26 puts it in verse 8, five of you shall chase an hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight and your enemies shall fall before you. Oh, hallelujah. When a person's born again and becomes a child of God, that person already has all they need to reach their full potential. God has given his people everything they need to be successful, fulfill his will, and live an overcoming victorious life. Amen. When a, what's all you need? It's all in the Holy Spirit. It's all in the Holy Ghost. When a person's filled with the Holy Spirit, they have the greatest power in heaven and earth available to them, living inside of them. Amen. 
The Holy Spirit gives us power. It gives us direction. He gives us, uh, amen, confidence to move forward and be what God wants us to be. Contained in the Holy Spirit are nine fruit of the Spirit. Contained in the Holy Spirit are nine gifts of the Spirit. Contained in the Holy Spirit is overcoming power. And contained in the Holy Spirit is comfort. Amen. Contained in the Holy Spirit are weapons and tools. Amen. To defeat all the giants that we face in our life. It's all in there. Amen. It's all in there. It's all in Him. It's all in the Spirit. That's why Isaiah 54, 17 said, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say it wouldn't be formed. It didn't say it wouldn't be thrown at you. Amen. But it will not prosper. Praise God. Luke chapter 10, 19, Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 1 John 4, 4, you are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We have everything we need living inside of us. Amen. So we can understand spiritual authority better if we break it down into five levels. And the first level is our calling. Amen. That's the very first step. We got to be uh, answer the call. The call goes out to, to everybody. Amen. It praise God. And so spiritual authority is derived from God's call on your life. Spiritual authority in our life starts with our calling. First and foremost, we are called to be saved and to be a part of God's church, church on the earth. Amen. Praise God. God called Abraham to come out from among them, those idolatrous surroundings that he lived in, and to go and to roam and to follow God wherever he led him. And he answered the call. God called Moses at the burning bush to be the deliverer of the children of Israel, and he answered the call, and he went. God called Samuel to be a prophet, even when he was a small boy, and he answered the call. Amen. He became a great prophet in Israel. Jesus called the 12 disciples, and they became the 12 apostles, and they answered the call. And the Bible said, many are called, but few are chosen. Praise God. And so, you see, we are chosen by God when we answer the call. And when we answer the call, then next comes our purpose. Because God doesn't call us just to sit around and do nothing. He calls us for a purpose. Amen. And each one of us have a general purpose as the church, as a group, and we all have individual purposes as unique and special parts of the body of Christ. Amen. So our purpose is to be saved. Our purpose is to stay saved. Our purpose is to stay in right relationship with Him. And our purpose is also to be a light to those around us and share this wonderful truth and experience with others. Praise God. And our purpose is our mission. And it is to do the will of God and be led by His Spirit. Amen? So when we purpose in our hearts to be about our Father's business... He will give us the power and tools we need to accomplish his business. And that is where spiritual authority comes in. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them 
and confirming the word with signs following amen. And I like that. See, that was the last verse of the book of Mark. That was the last verse of chapter 16. But a couple verses up, we read that these signs shall follow them that believe. And I'm looking at a, a, a group of believers tonight. Praise God. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out devils. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Amen. And so with, with that calling and commission, they went, amen, forth, and they preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them because they stood in the authority of their call and purpose. And he confirmed the word that they preached and taught with signs following, amen. And folks, that's what we need tonight. That's what we need. This world needs signs following. This world needs God to confirm, amen, the preaching of the word because God will confirm his true gospel. God will confirm with signs following, Amen. So God calls, then God gives us a purpose to accomplish, and with every purpose comes a gifting. Because God is going to give us the tools we need to accomplish the purpose He's called us for. Now a gifting is a capability, it's a proficiency, it's a skill, it's a specialty, it's an ability. And when God calls us to do something, He'll also provide the means for us to accomplish it. We all have different talents and abilities tonight, and God will use them for His glory. But sometimes, God will call you to do something that you do not have a natural ability. You do not have a natural talent, but God will give you that ability, and God will give you that talent to fulfill His will. The next thing that is one of the keys to taking spiritual authority is character. Spiritual authority is strengthened by good character. Uh, J.C. Watts said, character is doing the right thing when nobody is looking. Amen. That's powerful. Praise God. Doing the right, because a lot of people, they can, you know, walk to walk and talk to talk, and when as long as everybody's looking, you know, they can be one person, and then when nobody's looking, they're another person. That's not good character. Amen. Good character means our inside self and our outside self should match. Amen. It means our public self and our private self should be the same. Uh, Alan Simpson said, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. And if you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. Amen. Integrity and character are very important. Jesus, when he was talking to the religious leaders, uh, he, he said that the Pharisees, actually he was talking to the people about the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and he said the Pharisees, they say all the right things. They tell you to do all the right things. Amen. They look the part on the outside, and they say, but they do not practice what they preach. And he compared them to mausoleums that are beautiful and ornate on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and corruption. Amen. Praise God. And so in a word, he called the Pharisees hypocrites. So when you do not have good character, when you do not have consistently good character, then it is hypocritical 
but somebody with good character will not be referred to as a hypocrite. Amen. And that's a good thing. Our goal should be that our character matches our call from God because God has called us unto good works. God has called us to walk in the light as he is in the light. God has called us unto holiness. God has called us unto righteousness. God has called us, amen, to treat people right. Amen. So it is our goal. It is our striving, amen, to, to match our character with, our, with the call of God. The next key is commitment. Spiritual authority depends on full commitment. See, as we strive to bring our character in line with our calling, we must then fully commit ourselves to our purpose in the Lord. Amen. There will be obstacles and setbacks along the way, but our commitment will keep us moving toward our purpose. Amen. There's a big difference between your vision and your commitment. You see, vision is the destination where you're headed. Amen. And commitment is what we're going to have to do each day to arrive at that destination. John C. Maxwell said this, motivation gets you going, but commitment keeps you growing. Praise God. Because our commitment will be tested. It will be tried. It will be challenged all along the way. And we must remain resolute and focused on God's purpose for our life. We must press on for God no matter what. Our spiritual authority will only grow stronger as we keep the faith and stay the course. Amen. Let the calling, let the purpose, let the mission, let the vision, amen, keep us committed to God. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, unmovable. It's not in vain. What we're doing for God is not in vain because we're taking spiritual authority. Amen. And then there's consistency. Consistency is a very important aspect of taking spiritual authority because spiritual authority grows by consistent action. Let's talk about Daniel, the prophet. Even though he was among the captives in a strange, faraway land of Babylon, he consistently exhibited an excellent spirit and an excellent attitude. Amen. Not just toward the other, his fellow captives, but also toward those, his, the, the captors, amen, to the place where the, the heathen kings, Nebuchadnezzar, amen, and even Darius, uh, when, the, when the next kingdom came into power, amen, they looked and they, they elevated him in the kingdom because of his good spirit and good attitude, amen. He did not waver even in the face of the king's edict because he, he, because he was elevated, because he had a good spirit and attitude, Amen. People around sometimes get jealous. And so the other people were jealous of Daniel. Amen. The, the actual people that were in the Medes and the Persian Empire, that the, the Daniel, a Jewish person that, from the captives, was up there with all of them as an important person and advisor to the king. 
And so they came and secretly tricked the king and, and asked the king and said, hey, uh, make an edict, uh, make a law that nobody can pray to any god except for the king for 30 days. And the Bible said, Daniel, knowing that this edict and this law had just been, been put in place, he still did what he always did because he was consistent. He opened his windows toward Jerusalem and he got on his knees and he prayed. Amen. And those guys were right outside and witnessing it. And they ran and told on him. And he was thrown in the lion's den because of his consistency. But you see, when you take spiritual authority and you be consistent no matter what, amen, even if you get thrown in the lion's den, God will shut the mouth of the lion. Praise God. God will get you out of there. <clears throat> amen. We cannot allow our ever-changing emotions to affect our commitment. We've got to strive to be consistent in our spirit and in our attitude. We, we can take spiritual authority over our thoughts, over our words, over our heart, over our emotions. Amen. You know, you, you all probably know somebody, and I know, I've known people over the years, that, how, that every time you see them, you've got, you've got a different mood from them. Anybody know anybody like that? Amen. We'll just have to keep it secret. Yeah, whatever. But, you know, every time I, I wonder what kind of person I'm going to get today from this person and what kind of attitude, what kind of whatever. Amen. You just never know. It's important that we try to be consistent in our outlook as Christians, as believers in God, our character and our decision making. We cannot allow the passions of a moment or the temporary feelings that we have cause us to make unwise decisions in our life. And, and I'm not talking about faking it, you know, like, you know, you're just like dying inside with all kinds of problems and you're just like, everything's fine, you know, <sighs> you know, you're barely making it, whatever. No, I'm not talking about faking it or pretending everything's okay, but I'm talking about, you know what, I'm talking about just having spiritual maturity, amen, because we all go through things, amen, but you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to plow through, I'm going to hang in there, and just because I might be going through a hard time, I'm not going to bite people's heads off, amen, for no reason, praise God, what I need to be, I need to have a spiritual maturity about myself, amen, and my consistent walk with God, whether I feel him or not, whether I'm up or down or this or that, amen, and, and just say it is well, amen, just say I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Just say, I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will see me through. Amen. So we must consistently walk by faith and not by sight or feelings. Because when we consistently choose to walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh, we will be much better off. Because, because Paul said in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. We can just, we just walk by faith, walk after the Spirit. There's no condemnation. Amen. We don't have to feel bad. We can just keep on going. Amen. And God's going to bless us. And our last uh, of the five uh, uh, keys and uh, of spiritual authority, amen, is conviction. We need a conviction, amen. Conviction, which is a spiritual authority, amen, resonates 
from a heart of conviction. Conviction is passionately believing that we are doing God's purpose in our life, and that's what drives us on. Amen. Because passion is so important for true conviction. Passion, amen, leads us to do things and go above and beyond what is minimally required of us. Passion is not just going through the motions or doing things because we have to, but rather doing things because we want to with joy, with energy, and with motivation. Amen. Spiritual authority arises from our conviction that we're doing exactly what God intends for us to do and doing it with all of our hearts. Amen. He called me to be part of his body, but he kept me here. Amen. He didn't rapture us. He didn't take us to home with him as soon as we were saved because he's got a purpose and a mission for us to to shine as bright lights for us to be witnesses of his goodness and his power and his salvation and his forgiveness to this world. Amen. Conviction will strengthen our faith in God. Hebrews eleven six said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. That's powerful. We must believe that he is. We must have a conviction that he is. And when I, when I go after him with all my heart, he's going to reward the diligent seekers. Hebrews chapter 11. If you read that, continue to read that chapter, it is referred to as the great hall of fame of faith. Amen. And we read wonderful stories about these people that are written in there. We read about uh, we, we read about all kinds of people, Enoch and Noah, and we read about Moses and Abraham. We read about all kinds of people in there. Hallelujah. That, they, that they had a conviction in them that allowed them to brave the storms of life and achieve what was great for the Lord. Praise God. You see, those who are sold out can never be bought out. Amen. Those that are sold out can never be bought out. So we already have what we need in God to achieve our full potential if we have been born of the Spirit. We have the calling, we have the gifting, and we have the purpose of God on our life. We have the spiritual authority to grow and to lead others to grow. And this is the time to trust God like never before. Amen. And give him our very best. So let us rise up, church. Let us rise up, person of God. Amen. Child of God. And take authority that has been given to you by Jesus himself. Praise God. Let's stand right now. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.